0: the Alpine e-commerce podcast. In this podcast, we discuss opportunities and innovations in the world of e-commerce. We aim to provide you with information that can help your business be more successful selling online, specifically thrilling your customers, building your brand, and staying two steps ahead of your competitors. My name is Earl Stevens, and I'm joined by Alpine's CEO, Stan Duda. In today's episode, we're going to explore an area of e-commerce that's getting quite a bit of buzz recently. Business-to-business or B2B e-commerce. At first glance, it'd be easy to conclude that the buying experience, regardless of whether you're a customer or a business, is pretty similar. And in a lot of cases, it is. But as you dig deeper, you realize that selling to businesses and government agencies is a lot more complex. If you and I want to buy a new t-shirt online we can simply whip out our credit card and purchase one at the online shop of our choice. The process isn't that simple for most businesses. They have procurement policies that they have to follow, special pricing that they may have negotiated, and they're more apt to have special requirements related to the purchase. Things like custom packaging, quality and testing documentation, or shipping delivery and payment requirements. And if you're selling to businesses, they expect you to do things their way. Now, if you have a couple of hundred or a couple thousand customers, maybe a couple million even, each expecting to do business with you their way, that's where the complexity comes in. B2B e-commerce platforms offer that kind of power and flexibility. They give you the ability to be flexible in the way you do business with your business customers, and the flexibility and tools you need to manage your online business your way. And joining us today to talk about some of these unique B2B needs is Yoav Kuttner, co-founder and CEO of Oro Commerce. By way of introduction, Mr. Kuttner has been involved in the world of e-commerce for many years. He co-founded Varian in 2004, which became Magento in 2010. That's a name we certainly recognize here at Alpine. He also co-founded many other companies that you may be familiar with, including Akinio and MageCore.
1: Yoav, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're, we're really looking forward to, to hearing a little bit about your perspective and uh, oral commerce and how it basically impacted the B2B market through your platform. You spent a good portion of your career building Magento into the platform that we know and love today what did you see in the B2B market that motivated you to start over again with oral commerce?
2: Absolutely. Um, Thank you for having me. Actually, uh, oral commerce is uh, the brainchild or two brainchilds actually, because it came from two different uh, experiences we had. One of course is being Magento where we created a B2C e-commerce platform. And back in the day uh, in 2007, 2008, that was the biggest trend we were seeing more and more uh, businesses were trying to open their uh, direct channel selling directly to consumers Um, and definitely with the 2007-2008 economic crisis more and more companies were trying to go online and open that channel for themselves and we designed that product Magento to be a B2C a business to consumer uh, e-commerce platform knowing that uh, coming from that background having a lot of experience working with uh, merchants that are selling to consumers. As uh, Magento was gaining more and more traction we started noticing that some of the Uh, Customers that were coming to us, our customers that were trying to go online, were not necessarily selling directly to consumers, but rather uh, selling to other businesses, which makes them B2B, business-to-business companies. And being much younger and having an ego to match that, um, we said, you know, we can do anything you want on our platform. Uh, It's flexible. We can do pretty much everything with it anything. And um, the problem was that when we started working on these B2B projects, we learned that B2B and B2C are not the same. And the requirements that uh, these companies had for us to build on top of Magento caused us to create a lot of custom features and go deep into the architecture of Magento to actually make the platform work in the use cases that we saw coming from the B2B world. And that kind of stuck in our mind when we created Oro, but when we started Or, we actually started with a CRM. That was a different uh, pain point that we saw for a lot of merchants having a central repository of their customers and, and kind of taking a different approach to the CRM world, and needs. Uh, and that was Aura CRM, our first product. But as that product grew, we started getting more and more companies that were selling to other businesses using our CRM. But they were trying to kind of pull the CRM into being a more transactional system, meaning that their salespeople can actually do work in the system, not just update the pipeline and update customer records. They actually wanted to be able to interact with their customers. So kind of putting these two together made us think that maybe we uh, put a front end to the CRM uh, that we built, allowing them to start uh, transacting with their customers and opening a customer portal. Now, putting all that together is kind of where we had landed with oral commerce, which is a B2B e-commerce platform. And from the ground up, it was designed based on the requirements that B2B companies need. So manufacturers, distributors, brands, um, when they sell to other companies, to their retailers, distributors, et cetera, or directly to their customers. So that's where we started from with oral commerce. Um, So it really kind of stuck with us. We felt that this market is underserved and really needs to be caught up with technology. So, you know, buzzwords like, Digital transformation came about and more and more of these companies had no digital footprint, but they wanted to start having something at least. So we saw that this is definitely an underserved market where we can tap into and build a product that actually helps them catch up with uh, the rest of the industries in the world and be online, be digital, allow to interact with their customers in a digital manner.
0: Along those lines, you, know, you touched on some of the unique elements of B2B and commerce, things like your CRM you know, the the customer records and so forth, but that one of your white papers describes B2B commerce as an alternate universe. It's a different animal compared to B2C. Can you talk about some of the key differences between B2B and B2C platforms?
2: I mean, B2C, it was a very single-minded approach. We we kind of uh, catered with the lowest common denominator to any user that was coming to our storefront, right? The idea was to have them check out as easily, as intuitively as possible for the highest average order amount. That was our goal, building a B2C platform. Uh, Any customer could have used it. It could have been um, different ages, uh, different uh, requirements, if they're buying gifts or if they're buying for themselves. So we were serving everybody the same. Uh, One of the biggest differences when we started working with B2B companies is that B2B customers, companies that buy from other companies, might have a complete different requirement from other customers of that company that's serving them. And being able to cater differently, build a user experience different for every one of your customers, was a key uh, capability that a B2B platform has to have. Otherwise, your users will not be able to use your platform. So again, we're not catering to everybody at the same, we're catering to different customers differently. And uh, to solve that, by the way, we created the workflow engine so we are able to really build a customer experience paired the customer that's using the system and that's of course true also for your back-end office uh, back officer users like salespeople, marketers etc they can also have their own unique experience using the same workflow engine but for the front-end customers making sure that they are getting the right uh, customer experience and that actually uh, was extended to serve within your same company having different roles Uh, for the customers that are buying from you. They might have a buyer, they might have a buying manager, and they might have different customer experience using your website. And they have to have it, otherwise they will not use it. So first of all, the biggest mindset is that we're not selling to individuals. We're selling to companies. We're selling to complex entities that might have multiple users with different roles, with different customer experience they need needed. And we have to design this from the ground up. It's very complex scenarios compared to B2C. Again, B2C has to be simple, has to be intuitive. But when we talk about B2B, the scenarios might be very, very complex with approval processes on your customer side. Maybe they want to get the quote, pricing for different projects, et cetera. So really very complex and infinite uh, amount of uh, user experiences that we're building into this as we build more and more projects on that. Again, if you look today at the e-commerce B2C world, all platforms, and there's so many platforms out there, but if you go to their demos, they all tend to look the same, have the you know, 20, 30 features that everybody has. And if you visit the websites, the e-commerce B2C website, they're all the same as well because it kind of proved the point. We got to this uh, point where these are the features you have to have. This is the best practices when a uh, customer comes to your store. This is how we get them to buy for the highest order. Again, B2B, every customer is still different. There's something unique about the industry. There's a lot of limitations. Sometimes uh, they're have to; they restricted by different things in their industry. So they must be able to, to build this user experience for their customers again and for their back office users as well. So that would be the, the biggest thing. Uh, but if we look deeper, um, I mentioned, uh, you're selling to complex entities, so they all have multiple users. So having the ability to create this kind of very specific user experience for your customers is key, but remember that there are multiple users with different roles, different permission, permissions and for them to self manage that that's also a key we found because again if they have to call or send an email every time they hire fire somebody into their organization set up their roles their permissions etc uh through contacting the seller every time that won't work doesn't scale so again something we found out they need to be able to use almost as administrators of their uh, user account and to be able to create users change their roles add new ones as they hire let some uh, remove some that uh, will let go etc so really this um, self-serve kind of um, experience that they need to build into the how they manage their own customers one more that I'll touch on I think is very very important is the pricing engine in b2c um, it's again it's it's trying to sell to everybody at the same time so usually it starts from a single price yes we might have promotions yes we might have group discounts or, or customer groups, et cetera. And we've seen, and we've done, You know, we were guilty of the same thing at Magento, trying to build this on top of that for B2B companies, but that becomes so complex so fast that it doesn't scale. Like just kind of manipulating the promotion engine or, or creating uh, customer groups and assigning pricing to them, that doesn't scale. Uh, so we really looked at that and said, okay, we really need to rethink how we're building our pricing engine How are we allowing for this basically infinite amount of permutations of your pricing per customer? Because in B2B, a lot of times each customer might have an individual price list that was negotiated with them. And then to take it to the next level, we see something that's called project pricing or contract pricing, where for specific contracts within uh, this relationship, they might have their own pricing. So again, it's something that is basically needs to support infinite amount of uh, pricing capabilities. That said, many of our customers do manage these pricing in the ERP. So, again, a lot of people will say, well, you don't need to be so powerful. We can just integrate. We also learned that integrating real-time with ERPs, many of them, that doesn't work. So even if we are getting the pricing from the ERP, many times we have to be able to support to the display these infinite number of uh, prices. We have to be able to sort, search, etc., and show the right pricing for the right customer. So B2C platforms that are trying to kind of – Stretch to get there, don't scale, and it uh, fails. So we really invested in having unlimited number of prices, um, and that's something we really focused on. It took a lot of work, I, I promise you, but that's something we really, really invested in uh, to make sure that B two B companies can actually go online. Now, just touch one more point on that. Even though a lot of companies get the pricing from the ERP, what we did see is that uh, for sales reps that want to be involved in this sales process to the customer and and many times are on the front line of negotiating the pricing with the customer. In many companies, that process is very slow and maybe even a bit too complex because you either have to give access to the salesperson to the ERP, which a lot of ERPs are not built to do that, um, or there's some internal process of assigning the pricing, etc., which becomes very cumbersome and long for the customer to actually see the pricing they just signed and negotiated with the salesperson. So having this actually bi-directional systems where you can manage pricing in Oro and we will send that to your ERP and update that is something that we're seeing more and more uh, done with our projects because the capabilities of our platform and being able to support that as well.
1: There's no question the the points that you hit on are so, so massive. I and only... That's just
2: the uh, tip of the iceberg, I, I want to say. I mean, there's so many more yeah. like <laughs>
1: No doubt. I, I just I think back to some of the, frankly, custom application development we've had to do in years past, long before products like Oro or Magento or even many of the others that are out there came about. And working with a, a massive uh, manufacturing, wholesale, distribution, retail uh, organization and trying to manage those processes, we literally just nicked the tip of the iceberg. But all the things that you're talking about were were items that were on their dream list, of course. So these are tremendous value type items, feature function for for organizations. Good stuff. It's great to hear, kind of the the evolution and and I'm sure a lot of it came through uh, trial and error and a lot of a lot of engagement and discussion with uh, with prospects and clients. You know, a B2B trend that we're seeing on the manufacturing side is the desire to do business directly with the end customer. So what are manufacturers getting into when they decide to sell direct? And, and how does oral commerce help that? Definitely a trend that we we're
2: saying that more and more manufacturers want to have a relationship with the end customer. It might be a retailer, it might be a consumer. And we, we really built oral commerce for that as well. So again, our scenarios that we built for are giving the ability to sell either direct or through resellers uh, retailers even Uh, we have manufacturers that are uh, enabling their retailers to actually sell online and having the manufacturer actually fulfill on behalf of them Uh, we have features that are actually helping to create what we call infinite aisle so if you your industry has uh, retailers and they maybe carry a few thousands of your products in store But might want to have a kiosk that offers the rest of this manufacturer's uh, products to people that walked into the store, given uh, post-COVID-19, we'll talk. But uh, definitely something that uh, was something we were asked to do is actually expose more of the catalog virtually inside the store uh, for a specific manufacturer. So that allows people that did walk in and didn't find the product to actually do a sale in the store. So you already brought somebody inside. So we do we do see this synergy. It's not necessarily a fight between the manufacturer and uh, their channel. Uh, sometimes it does help uh, to have this, um, like you say, augmented uh, catalog or infinite catalog or aisle, as they call it, in different industries. Um, so this is something that commerce can help with. Now, uh, many manufacturers really don't have this experience and they are uh, a bit fearful of how to go about this and, uh, um, and start. And many times it's not an all or nothing uh, scenario. So uh, some manufacturers are uh, so not involved in the digital world right now. I'll say that nicely. And, and, and we have war stories that we can share, like companies that don't use email, for example, yet. <laughs> so there are uh, you know war stories that we can uh, share over coffee one day, but definitely uh, it's not an all or nothing. So, Unlike in the B2C world where everybody was in a rush to do that, and it was like, okay, let's go online, let's be able to sell everything we need to do and the best customer experience, etc. In B2B, we can take different steps to enable moving and starting to sell either direct or digitally to customers. And that means um, maybe just exposing your catalog online, making your catalog searchable, indexable, maybe a way for a customer to actually start a conversation We do many times uh, start with actually exposing who sells my products, right? If I'm a manufacturer, these are the available uh, retailers or resellers that are selling the product, but we are starting to create a a direct relationship with the customer. Again, it it can be a consumer, it can be another business. So selling direct is not necessarily a technology issue. A lot of times it is a cultural change for the company. But we can start the baby steps and identify what steps uh, can help. Another example is to enable, for example, a self-serve feature for your end customers. If it's, for example, uh, updating the warranty, connecting to a mobile uh, application that you sell, uh, that you provide for your products, or uh, open a a customer service ticket through the system and starting to build this relationship, this is kind of helping because we do have a CRM as well. So we kind of put those uh, features together but starting a front-end relationship with your customer, enabling them to have maybe uh, explore your catalog, maybe have some self-serve features. So take these baby steps. And slowly we can try adding products to sell. For example, maybe your resellers sell your products, but don't sell uh, the rest of the uh, items that's needed to run your your products, right? So if it's uh, garbage, uh, refill garbage bags, or if it's uh, filters for your pool system or whatnot, a lot of times those do come direct from the uh, manufacturer. So, again, these, we can start by identifying what products from your catalog you're allowed or able to sell and start with those products and then, again, take it to the next level. So the, the main idea is to be able to not or not need to consume the whole application at once, the whole you know, features uh, set that we are providing, but actually focus on what's the first steps you need to do in order to do that and then build on that as you build the relationships, as you get into uh, how to interact with your customers. Uh, we, we have features for marketing as well, so you can start building more of a conversation with them as well, with your customers. And that's what we saw was very, very successful for manufacturers that are trying to start selling direct. And many times the, the channel does come on to that, and they see the benefit of that. And, and we enable to, for them to have access to those customers as well. So it doesn't have to be a uh, conflict. We do find that the technology many times helps both sides of the channel and, um, and makes this uh, a better uh, or easier pill to swallow, I would say. So uh, definitely just take it step-by-step, step, identify where we can build the customer experience for your customers, build on that, start digital slowly, and then add as you go on, I think is the key success uh, point for that.
0: Yoav, I want to go back to something that you've uh, touched on earlier, and it's a subject that's near and dear to our hearts here at Alpine. It's where we spend a lot of our time on client engagement And that is integrations, you know, into into back office systems such as your ERP, your business intelligence, your PIM. You mentioned that, you know, a lot of people are choosing to uh, manage pricing within those applications. And now with uh, a B2B platform, they need to be able to, to manage that in a coherent way. You know, what sets Oro apart from other platforms in the realm of integrations?
2: Integration is key, especially um, you know again in B two C that was important. Uh, we had to be able to get the orders, get the inventory, get the catalog from the PIM or the catalog of information, etc. But when it comes to B two B, it's it's really just a one part of the um, makes everything run. Um, and many times, and, and again, this is a little bit different approach to how we have to think about stuff, but. Many times we are not even referred to as an e-commerce platform. We actually referred to as a customer portal. We referred to as the front end of the ERP many times, right? So really taking this role where we are the front line of the interaction with the customers, enabling in many cases the salespeople and marketers to actually have a conversation with the customer, but on top of other systems, right? Because especially with the manufacturers and and uh, distributors and brand. There, there's a lot of other systems in the back that need to be uh, worked with. Uh, we have a customer, for example, um, that uh, it's called TruePar. They sell um, forklift spare parts. And we have an integration uh, in real-time for pricing, for availability, and when the item is actually going to be delivered when you view the item. So this is all real-time integration. And we had to work on speed we had to work on the ability to integrate with multiple systems for every page that we're showing so we really did the heavy lifting because those systems were just here's the data you do with it whatever we need we had to build the business logic and uh, on top of the integrations to make sure that this actually works so again this is where Oral Commerce comes in we uh, were able to adjust and pick up where the other systems cannot fulfill the the needs of the integration what I mean by that is that we're extremely flexible so Uh, Many times in the B2B, there's very old ERP system, homegrown ERP systems, very archaic technology many times that are not able to uh, modify. And again, uh, many times the story is that the developer that worked on it is already retired, but he'll do just some maintenance, but nobody can change anything there, right? So we we have to come and say, well, we're trying to adjust the way uh, the business uh, flow works. Can we change this? And say, no, ERP is one standard. We can't change anything there. This is where our flexibility comes in, and we are able to adjust the the features on our end, do more of the heavy lifting, and build on top of the integration to fulfill the full new business process that we're building with. So we can do some more of the business logic, if you want, on our side, which is very important. Another example we have is a pet goods um, distributor. Through different acquisitions, etc., they have about six to seven ERPs in the back end right now. and. Oro, and, you know, we started working with them. Um, they kind of identified uh, the need to still integrate to these six to seven ERPs at one time. And Oro actually started building on top of that where, where we ended up doing work off an OMS almost, right? But again, it's very simplified. But well, All the business logic of how to distribute the orders, how to push down the pipe, the right products to the right ERP, where it's going to get fulfilled from, ended up happen, happening on the Oro side because many times it's actually with the intervention of the salesperson. Because the salesperson sees the data when the order comes in he decides where it's going to be fulfilled from and then we know which erp to kind of connect to so having the business logic flexibility to build on top of our platform having an extendable api which is a big big uh, key uh, importance for uh, being able to having integrations with any system so again custom features that need to be covered with the api or if we need to change how we interact with the api is a key and you have to have a flexible api framework to kind of develop on, which we do, Uh, and then making sure that the other systems are able to just consume or send us data in any way possible. So we can take the flat files, we can do API integration, we do even still FTP drop-off of uh, files. So just be able to consume the data and send the data in any way the other systems can consume it is, uh, is something very important as well.
1: We've done a lot of work in this space, specifically as far as integrating some of the the older ERP systems into uh, what would often be viewed as this newfangled e-commerce thing uh, for many of the manufacturing, wholesale, distribution organizations out there. And what we have found is uh, e- even the organizations, because the user interface experience on the on the backend system have been so archaic with many screens containing the information rather than a single view of it, they end up adopting some of these consolidated screens with a single UI uh, and, and actually being more productive without increasing their, their overall cost simply by implementing this not only for external purposes, but also for their internal purposes. So kudos to you guys. That's, that's great to have that extensibility and, and uh, connectivity with, with those applications. So you've talked about this a little bit, but maybe you could touch on on dual-play merchants that serve both B2C and B2B segments and how Oro helps these types of clients.
2: Uh, B2B and B2C, again, is something we're getting a lot of requirements from our B2B customers. They might have already a B2C channel. They might want to add a B2C channel. And we build this out of the box where you can run other different websites, complete different customer experiences, look and feel, etc., or even combine it into a single website. We have a customer called Saltworks, uh, which their website is uh, uh They build this experience. They, they manufacture salt, if you're going get it by now, sorry, <laughs> from their name. Um, and they uh, they really are a B2B company. Majority of their business is selling to uh, other companies, but they're, they really have a great brand and a great product where they are also selling to consumers. And they really wanted to have a single website. They didn't want to have b2b.saltworks or csalt.com and, and a completely different. They wanted to have a single point of interaction because they are actually converting some of their consumers into uh, whole, uh, whole buyers where they buy uh, bigger quantities. And that's because they maybe have a cooking school or something like that. So they might buy a little bit, but then start buying uh, in bulk. So this was very important for them to have this seamless uh, experience where you can go from, from a B2C customer and convert, be converted to a B2B customer. But once you log in, the world's changed, you get the right features, you get the experience that was built for you, and you're able to cater for both type of customers in a single application. And the importance for this is not only do they have a single website and are able to cater on that to different uh, customers, it's also the amount of platforms that you're running, right? Before us, they ran Magento and... Um, And that didn't scale in the B2B, so they were looking for a B2B uh, platform. And when they found us, they said, okay, can we get rid of Magenta and just do B2B and B2C in the same platform? We said yes, and we built that for them. So we removed one less technology for them to work with, right? Um, Integration-wise, being able to convert customers between the platforms. So having less platforms or less less technology in your stack is always a good thing. And being able to uh, support both the B2B and B2C scenarios on a single platform is something, like I said, we built from. From the beginning because we knew the more and more companies want to do that as we did that that's when we started getting interesting and we started learning that some companies uh, want to enable their retailers like i mentioned before to sell direct to consumers so we started doing this b2b2c we actually built that experience we, we can have multiple websites in our system uh, with different catalogs and different pricing you can actually cater to different industries completely different with different products or different customer experience etc so we really built on that. We, we build this experience of the B2B2C. You can run these microsites on top of Aura. But we also learned that some of these retailers are so small, they're mom-and-pop stores. We actually even integrated with and built a relationship with uh, Big Commerce. We also have an integration with Shopify, where they can create their own stores and get all the data, the catalog, their pricing, everything from our systems, enabling them to sell directly to consumers and other platforms. We also do headless where we're exposing uh, e-commerce functionality, the third party sites, right? enabling that as well. Uh, so we're really doing everything you can think of today um, uh, when it comes to enabling commerce or e-commerce uh, for your customers or selling direct. So again, it's something that is definitely a trend. Um, manufacturers, brands, even distributors, they wanna open up more sales channel and uh, increase their footprint and be able to have more co- uh, connection and uh, touch with their customers. So that's something that we really designed the system for and is built so you you don't need to think of it as two different systems.
0: Yeah, switching gears a little bit here, uh, Yoav, I want to get your thoughts on something that we've heard a lot about the last about three months now that we've been locked down with uh, COVID-19. We've seen companies that have great e-commerce channels, it's been a lifesaver, and companies that really haven't invested, we've seen them suffer a little bit. And moving on from this crisis, there's plenty of speculation about the new normal uh, that's going to emerge in the aftermath of this. Can you talk about some of the new normal trends that Oro Commerce is monitoring and how has this affected uh, your development roadmap?
2: Sure. We're actually learning that um, face-to-face is something that's going to take a backseat in the sales process for now. A lot of conferences, um, trade shows are canceled or postponed. So a lot of the, where a lot of B2B companies do most of their business is actually out from them right now. Uh, So it starts again from very basic. If you don't have an online presence, being able to have a searchable indexable catalog so customers can potentially find you because even before the COVID-19, more and more of the buyers and researchers were starting the research online before they even went to a conference or to a trade show. But today it's a must if you're not visible or indexable online and people cannot find you when they're searching, you're not going to be found, and you're not going to get new business. So let's start from the basics. The basics is you have to be indexable. You have to be searchable. Your catalog at least has to be available online for, for potential new customers and even existing customers finding you and starting a conversation. So the new normal is it has to be there. Before people say, eh, you know, we go to the trade shows. We, we know our 15 uh, customers, and that's good enough for us. It's not going to happen anymore. People have Companies have to know that they have to be online and searchable and indexable in the minimum. If we go a bit further than that, before COVID-19, a lot of these, even if you found your customer and you started a conversation with them, a lot of the negotiation, sale process was done face-to-face. Again, something that we're seeing is a trend that uh, salespeople have to start using digital to uh, have conversations and interactions with customers. And that's something we, again, we have a CRM and we're building on top of it, but our backend, and this is a, another big difference between B2C platform and B2B platforms. B2C, the only focus on the front end, mostly the admin part of the system is mainly for maintenance, running, updating products, pricing, et cetera. We really build a robust backend that allows the sales team to work in the backend and facilitate conversation and interaction with customers through our systems, right? So having a robust backend, allowing your sales team to be productive and work and uh, do uh, multitasking when it comes to supporting multiple customers, increasing actually their productivity. So the customer's demands also change because before they might have uh, drove down to the nearest uh, reseller or distributor. Uh, Today, they will want to interact uh, online with uh, the manufacturer uh, having their more robust customer portal where they can do more. Uh, we are seeing more and more requirements for being able to uh, pay invoices for our system, check up on orders, and monitor where the order is and uh, if it's a manufacturing process, where in the manufacturing process the order is right now, um, opening uh, tickets with uh, support issues for the system, et cetera. So <clears throat> enabling the customers to do more as a self-serve model, which is extremely, extremely important in this industry today. And that's something we're, we already have many features for, but definitely something we're enhancing constantly. We're learning uh, for different requirements from different industries and we're adding that to our platform as well. But again, really, really moving to digital is before it was, yes, we have to do it someday. I think the COVID-19 proved that this day has come and gone already. Uh, you already, if you haven't started, you have to start yesterday to, to get your digital strategy uh, on top of what's going on today
1: and we're seeing those same trends as well as far as the you know the impact on covid and and more and more organizations making strides and inquiries uh, to to go online we've we've spoken with a number of manufacturers recently they're currently they don't have any e-commerce presence as i mentioned so they're selling through distributors you now they've got call centers and print catalogs and the world of e-commerce oddly seems so foreign to them and perhaps a bit intimidating. What can Oro do to help make the commerce process maybe a little less intimidating for these clients? Um, like you said,
2: a lot of B2B companies, this is their first time getting into the online world uh, as a company. We have customers that don't use email as a policy in the company, etc. cetera. So again, really um, you have to remember that a lot of manufacturers, this is the first time that they're trying to sell direct or use an e-commerce platform and what we learned is uh, very helpful. Is what I mentioned before is doing it step by step, identifying the you know the lowest common uh, hanging fruit that we can uh, address. Many times it's just putting the catalog online as a first step. Just like I said, making your products and catalog indexable so your people can search and find your company, start a conversation. That's usually a really really good step. Another one is to kind of identify, and this is, again, very different from the B2C kind of development process of a website. We really need to identify the sales processes and the business processes in the company and do a lot of this work before we start implementing and writing code. And this is something that uh, helps us make the manufacturers more successful when they go online for the first time. Because if we uh, just... Like in the B2C use case where we just try and say, this is how the system works, go use it, you'll be successful. That doesn't work because if if the business processes are not in there and do not work for the company, the company will not use it, then of course the customers will end up not using it as well. So really focusing on the businesses, business processes that the company needs, sales flows, identifying how they work, being able to recommend to them how to do this with a new system. That's something we are working with our partners like you and And ourselves to really consult our customers before we just implement what we we know that they need or think we know they need, but really listening, working with them, identifying it, and then uh, working through a process, not doing everything at once. So a lot of times the technology is not the problem. Like I said, a lot of times it's a channel conflict or it's an industry thing or it's a company culture. So working through that, doing it a step-by-step process rather than all or nothing is uh, a great approach. And that's what we learned and are working with our partners as well when we work with a
1: customer that's going online
2: for the first time.
1: And I think that's, even before technology, what we bring to the table. You really bring up a good point. And I I think it's one that uh, a lot of clients and prospects are thinking when they first delve into the e-commerce realm is, thinking that they have to dive in and do everything all at once. And it's, it's really not a destination, but rather a journey. And taking you know your time and being thoughtful about how you're servicing those. You, know, you obviously don't want to chase away people and just take the human element out of it, but you do want to automate where you can. And frankly, this really opens up opportunities to, to grow and expand their sales channel to serve clients that would normally be perhaps a bit too costly or in locations that, that are not easily serviced by an in in-person, so to speak. So it's a great approach by following your advice and, and really taking kind of a, a stepped approach to it.
2: We definitely saw that this is much more successful for companies trying to you know, transform the way they do business. Uh, having the idea that they don't have to uh, do it all at once because that really scares them. And we do see that some of our implementations, you know, with uh, Magento, we were used to doing implementations in weeks, maybe a couple months. With our customers, we have a relationship, even if there's no, not necessarily constant ongoing development, but we have a relationship with them. As they learn, as their customers adapt to the new way of doing business with the company, we, we identify improvements all the time and, and fine tune everything rather than this is the way to go and that's it, right? We have to be much more flexible. We have to be able to, Do it step-by-step, like you mentioned, which is great.
0: That concludes our discussion on B2B e-commerce today. Thanks for spending a few moments of your day with us. If you'd like to learn more about B2B e-commerce or about the great B2B e-commerce platform that Oro Commerce has developed, the Oro website provides a lot of great resources. Their URL is oroinc.com. We'd highly recommend checking out the white papers under the resources section on the Oro site. And if you're looking to extend your B2B capabilities, the team here at Alpine Consulting can help you with planning and strategy. We've learned a lot about e-commerce in the past 20 years, and our consulting team can help you define your requirements and build the B2B capabilities that get your business to the next level. You can learn more about Alpine at alpineinc.com. On behalf of Stan and Yoav, thanks for listening today. We wish you and your business the best.